BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is a really loaded conversation we're having, and there is a lot of religious trauma brought up, a lot of child abuse, a lot of just really, I guess I would call psychological abuse based around LDS church stuff. And so just... You'd be cautious if you want you want to listen or just, you know, you could always put this down and come back later if it feels like too much. Someplace underneath. Da-da-da-da-da-da. I like how one of Jackie's bird feathers is it's just, just chilling here. They're from her actual body. She grows bird feathers. Oh, Did you know shit. That? Yeah. Exclusive. I hear that if a bird is in your gets in your house, it means death. And a bird got into the house with Adina. I don't uh, think it means that. No, I, I'm, and I'm done. I'm done with superstitions and all that shit. It, it's really just derives from birds having diseases, and they would get in your house 100 years ago, and people were like, oh, no, and they didn't correlate the two, and then a child died. Right. Well, let's not put that on Nadine's child. No, sorry. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But just in case, kill every bird you see in sight. That's right. It's shoot it. Birds just safer that way. Birds are evil. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> They're not. No, they're not. Um, I went to Hollywood Bowl the other night to see an orchestra, and I always forget how healing live symphony music is. Of course. Just let it fill your veins, Natalie. It was so nice. We're so lucky in L.A. to have the Hollywood Bowl to see music, and I think it's a perfectly acoustically constructed or something i yeah. don't know or whatever <laughs> did you sit like on the grass and eat some snacks oh no it's um the way hollywood bowl set up is like a big literally a bowl where it's like a um stadium seating but it's outside and it's round right and so it's like bench seating but or you can get the fancier ones at the bottom. They're like box seats. But then you can like bring your own food in if you want and drinks and all that. I saw Alice Cooper there and I vaguely remember because I was on so many drugs. <laughs> and, then, and so does Alice Cooper. <laughs> you know, I think he's actually like a dumb, like a Republican kind of square guy behind. Really? He got really. He recently did this stupid, unnecessary rant about trans people. What? And he's a man who 
wears makeup and changes his name to Alice. And so he now he feels the guests. Now he's what he does is fine. But if somebody's a trans person, not OK. Not OK. Not OK. He looks like he's melting. He looks Which like su- somebody had to pick him up and put him on stage. You'd be like, what? It sucks because I? I love Alice Cooper as a musician. Yeah. It sucks. Why is everybody got to be all dumb? I don't want to know everybody's thoughts. Make Twitter go away. Just put on your dress, Mr. Alice. <laughs> Mr. Alice. Yes. Um... But yeah, but you had a great time at the symphony. I did. It was really nice. Uh, Just sitting outside watching a symphony. Why don't we do that all the time? It's been it's been a trying couple of weeks here in the studios. Um, We're going through a lot right now, and I just want to say, Amber, I'm thankful for your presence and your companionship. Thank you, Natalie. I'm thankful for your presence and your companionship. Thank you. I like that we're the way we're seated. We have to stare directly into each other's eyes right. while we say it. <laughs> right. Um, no, just I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, we're all working through some stuff, but uh, I'm so glad to be here. And just a friendly reminder to take care of your mental health out there. This is not an ad for better help. Did it sound like I was about to start an ad? That's right. Uh, there's nothing more important than being your best self, in my opinion. No job, no desire to succeed, nothing but taking care of your inner self is is important at the end. And and on that tip, I will say, if you're feeling a little shaky today, maybe today, table this episode and go do something else. Uh, go get your nails done or meditate. Watch some Alice Cooper. And then get real mad and tweet about it. <laughs> no, don't do That's the opposite of a good thing to do. Yeah, just wake up and open Twitter so what you got to do for mental health is you got to wake up and you got to open Twitter immediately. But like in bed still. In bed down. still. And yeah. then don't get out of bed for another two hours mm-hmm. and then order in. Yeah. Get something like greasy. That's just self-care. That's self-care. Yeah. <laughs> and then go back on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and then go on like. Have a couple cocktails. <laughs> Tell people how you really feel. That's right. Um, Yeah. No. Take a walk. Probably take a walk would be better. Better option. Uh, but, you know, come back. To this another time if you don't hear, because this is a, uh, it's a lot in the power of the Internet is that it'll still be here. Uh, and just like Jody Hildebrandt is saying right here in my notes, there's always hope as she gives us a Joker style grin and yeah. stares into our eyes. It's the squinchy nose and eyes that me. It's that you just know she's saying something shitty and passive aggressive. Like I like that dress. I guess I could have worn that when I was in my slutty phase. Right. Oh like yeah. That. I mean, if that was as the level, if she just went to that level, we'd be a lot better off. If that was all she was saying. Uh, I would be excited about it. I'd be like, oh, I yeah, think thanks for just calling me a slut. That's great. Just her and the gays getting margaritas, they would get along. Yeah. Not no more. Not no more, I'll tell you that. Um, Jody Hildebrand is a terrifying woman. And uh, this picture that I, we're looking at right now, it looks like I put a filter, like an app filter on her face to make her look like that. But that's just how she was smiling. That's just the evil coming through her eyes. Yeah. Um, so I want to get through this entire timeline as succinctly as possible because there are so many stories to discuss and share just in the grand scheme of things, let alone on parasocial exploitation. But this story is so vast and it embodies so many sadly tragic moving parts that have culminated into such a manner that it is a crisis and it, it involves the parasocial exploitation element. It, it involves um, like bad junk mental health stuff. It involves the church. And 
for this entire case with Joe, we're coming back to Jody Hildebrandt and Ruby Frankie's arrests and all the stuff that led up to it. Much like the Masterson trial we just saw starting to, you know, it kind of blasted a hole through Scientology's fortress because of how entrenched he was with the church and how much they were culpable and like covering right. this up and intimidating witnesses and stuff like that. Because it's not just him. It's like mm-hmm. the cops that covered it up. Mm-hmm. It's the whole church. or not, Sorry, not church, but cult. Uh, yeah, they call, you know, they call themselves a church, but whatever. Yes, it's the, the term church can be used very loosely in the United States. Right. Um, so it does seem like the arrest of Jody and Ruby might be a devastating blow to the LDS church. Nah. They'll I be fine. I, I feel like this might be a little bit of a big problem. <laughs> yeah, because all of the secret keeping they've enabled and enacted in the last decades are going to be involved in this case. They they really enabled Jody to torture people for decades. I mean, like, not even enabled, encouraged. And, like, actual torture? Like, physical torture? Like, physical, mental, financial, like, it is... We'll get into some of it. It is really unbelievable. And so the church was like, that's cool. So now they're palpable. Is that the word for it? Culpable. Culpable. They're like involved in the in the criminal court. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk about this probably more next episode. But the church, the way that the laws are set up, you're not supposed to like for whatever reason, the LDS church is not breaking any rules whenever they themselves have staff who are mental health counselors who they tell parishioners to go to. What? And then that that therapist is not breaking any because of the the tax exempt church status of them. She's then allowed to go and tell the uh, elders and everybody at the church anything that somebody says to to her, <gasps> but not that just goes her. Against the, the code, it's it doesn't in because of some religious stature. They thing. just throw so the religious code goes above l- law and science many times. That's yeah. not right, Natalie. No, it's not at all. Um, but that's going to be addressed in these. I think in these trials coming up. Um, but it goes so much further than what happened between Jody and Ruby. Jody's been. I don't know. I can't say anything beyond like the way I would describe it as a psychological terrorist. Like she's very dangerous. That sounds so scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, But uh, so, yeah, the LDS church has been keeping a lot of secrets and a lot of billions of dollars. Um, Of course, a lot of those high control communities have uh, treasure troves, essentially. Um, which is really scary because they don't have to pay taxes. Right. So last episode, we had gotten through a lot of what was leading up to this arrest that happened just a couple weeks prior to the recording of this episode. Where we last left off, the public had began. So this was so their, their uh, arrest happened several weeks ago from today, the day of recording. But what we were talking about last episode, we ended up, if you'll recall, in – Christmas of 2021, there was this big, we, that's where the videos we were watching. Some of the kids don't get presents because they've got to be punished. Meanwhile, they're like six years old. Right. And then one of the kids ran to a neighbor's well, house. Well, this is this is new. Okay. That, so that that was 2021. The ki- that kid comes into the story at this arrest. But yes, one of those kids ended up running 
to the neighbor's house just a couple weeks ago asking for food and water. And, and they were like they were open sores and blood and shit. Yeah. On a child. On a little kid. Yeah. So when we last left off on this last episode, the public had really begun to notice a note. It was a marked change in Ruby, how she was behaving. People were like, who is this Jody woman? What the fuck is connections? Um, what's going on? And it's it was alarming people. And as you heard in the video with Jody Hildebrandt, in the audio we played from the video, she was not happy about it. She, in fact, seems taken aback that anybody would be questioning her process. All right, because nobody ever has. She's just lived in this LDS bubble, and yes. she gets to tell you what to do. Yes. Nah, 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 like a marm, like a school marm. It, it, but 10,000 times worse. But yes, in that vein, for sure. So that happens the end of 2021. By the middle of 2022 in the summer, it's notable and noticeable that Ruby's young adult daughter, Sherry, is no longer in contact with her parents. And Ruby's husband, Kevin, is now MIA. He's just kind of gone. And we, I would say, we as the public are not owed knowing where he is, but it is going to raise eyebrows after both he and Ruby had made every aspect of their lives available for public consumption for six years. And then one day he's just gone. And like he might get the kids now. So where was he? And like what what connections did he make in that time if he's going to get these kids? But not connections with an ex. No, not with an ex. Um, yes, those are all questions that are being asked. And I, I think there's a big public outcry to not let him have custody because he doesn't seem like he's capable of making good decisions. Like, it, and, and I don't mean to sound condescending in that way, but even though he might not have been the the leading force, we as the public were witness to him openly abusing his kids alongside his wife for years. And then he did disappear. He claims he didn't see his children for 13 months. And uh, that's going to cause some questions in the court, you know? Yeah. Because um, either way, it's bad. If he didn't see his kids for 13 months, that's bad. And if he did see them and saw that they were starving, that's also bad. So I don't know if he'll see jail time, but a lot of people are trying to provide enough evidence. Even Sherry, the daughter, after the arrest happened, she put out a public call, put a Google Doc uh, file link and ask people to compile anything from connections that they had that, that could be used as evidence in the court because she was working to get her mom in jail. And it's her own daughter. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, you know, at that point in mid-2022, it's more just a point of people are like, where's Kevin? What happened to the channel? What's going on? And I wish that I wasn't curious because I don't want to know about the kids. But now we're seeing this other really weird Dynamic, And so people are now worried about the kids for other reasons. Right. Um, so pressure from the public is kind of building uh, on Jody and Ruby's endeavor because they're continuing to post on this connections, social media stuff. And after those Christmas videos were released in which you heard Jody's disgust and rage at being questioned, things only got worse because, you know, if somebody is that detached from reality as somebody like Jody might be, that kind of backlash would usually cause them to just dig their heels in further, right? They're not right. going to start self-reflecting no. if they get to that level. It's almost like sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. Of, I've spent so much time and energy in this mind, in this cult area, and you telling me it's wrong? Well, fuck you. I'm going to dig my heels in further. Yeah, I agree. I totally. And so... 
that's kind of what happened. Um, so she she started to thrash against everything that was coming at her because, like you mentioned, she has lived in an echo chamber. And I think she was truly stunned that people weren't like, oh, my God. Did you hear her advice? She's going to fix us all. That's right. Don't give your kids Christmas gifts. If you feel that they're acting up. And they my, weren't even acting up. They no. were just like not. What were they doing? Uh, the, it's unclear, but they they use like several buzzwords and it, it revolves around being selfish and entitled. But a lot of times, as we know now know, selfish and entitled means having dinner. Right. Wanting a door on their room. Right. That kind of thing. They took them out of school. Yeah. And she was mad and they were like, oh, they, they got taken out of school and they were cleaning the club, washing the floors like I demanded them. But then they, they made a song about it. Yeah, they weren't. They, she specifically said in that video, it wasn't they weren't feeling pain. And that's what she wanted. She wanted them to feel pain. And because they were they had their childlike innocence still intact. They're like, oh, we'll just wash the floorboards and make it fun. And that's the opposite of what she wanted for her children. She wanted them to hurt. Yes, baby. Make those kids feel pain. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Incredible. That's what she wanted. Yes. Yes. She thought the, the I guess she thought the outside world would have been like uh, icon, iconic, <laughs> iconic therapy. Uh, so that's not what happened. Uh, people were very upset. And so she starts to push harder and harder the other direction. And we'll talk about how this connects with and around the LDS church in a little bit later. But I believe it does personally. So then in November of 2022, Ruby and Jody, they're throughout this whole summertime, they're just making videos, going about their business, very upset. People are making fun of them, but they're just trying to, I think, ignore it a little bit. And then in November 2022, Ruby and Jody make this video on their Connections social accounts. You wonder where I've been on my vlogs? You wonder why I left YouTube? It's to save my kids. No amount of money. I, and I'm telling you, I was making millions. And I left it because my kids were being hurt. With entitlement, they were being hurt with people's advice and they didn't have a mother up the front saying I don't care what the world's opinion is this is the truth and this is where I stand and fortunately I had a chance I had them in my home long enough to do it and I'm not going to lose them they're seeing truth they're accepting truth they're loving truth and so this is my passion is to invite you to stand in truth and put your opinions to the side for a minute because your kids are the target of distortion so, like, two things there. One is, first, she's like, I had to get off eight passengers because it was hurting my kids. And I'm like, yes, you've mm-hmm. seen the light. Because the outside opinion. No. Yep, exactly. No. That, that's, the, that's the biggest first thing I take away from it, too. I think most people did. There's so much to unpack in this one video. But this is one of the first times she's publicly acknowledged her departure from the family channel. In this video, Jody and Ruby are sitting next to each other in what we now know is Jody Hildebrandt's basement, uh, probably quite near to where Ruby's children were being held captive because she had a panic room in her house where they were literally inside of a steel room. What? That's yeah. a nice looking panic room, I got to say. It's got pillows in there. Well, she's her house is... Worth one like three point five million dollars. Whoa! Do you yeah. think they fucked in the panic room? Well, 
Okay. Because I saw that that hand grabbing the knee. That's not something hetero girls do. Well, okay, yes. So that's a hairy, obviously, subject because we don't want to assume people's sexuality, blah, blah, blah. That's not a blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. That was, I didn't mean that. It's something oh, God. a boyfriend. Oh, God. It's something um, a boyfriend does. It's something like a jock, you know, like a football player does to a cheerleader girlfriend. Just like the slap of the knee and like the but grabbing then it. Slowly. A thumb caresses the side. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what Jody is doing to Ruby in that video. There's been a lot of speculation about Jody, and not just with Ruby, but in general with how she she's done this as a pattern, which we'll talk about more. But she cuts off wives from their families and like takes them on, and they're. You know, if it is sexual, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of those women are not really wanting to do it. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. Do you think they had a lesbian orgy in the panic room? That's my band name, Natalie, lesbian orgy in the panic room. That's a pretty good band name, actually. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I think a lot of the women... uh, who are also very uh, untra- like uh, they they have no sex education at all because they grew up in the LDS church and so I think Jody takes advantage of that a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that happened with Jody and Ruby. Who However, knows? in that video, you do see Jody caressing Ruby's knee in a very strange manner in a way that like. Even if I was sitting next to you being your support system, Amber, I would never grab your knee and sort of like massage it while you were talking. <laughs> like no. it's really weird. It's a really weird to do that. It's like an ownership. It's like me and my husband are at Applebee's and he's like, should we get the queso? Yeah, and he and does that. Like in your cr- yeah, exactly. I could see me doing that to Henry. Yeah. Um, so very intimate touch. And also, again, this is in... Jody's home where the kids were being held captive. These, this is where we now know the videos are being taking are taking place. Also, so in this video, both she and Jody are emotional. They're both visibly crying. God, they're always crying. Shut but up. But over the dumbest. Okay, another one of the videos where we see Ruby crying is the fucking Flow Rider video. Right. <sighs> it's it's weaponized tears. And I think severe like. Delusion. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I'm sure it's weaponized, but I also am just like, you're so you you seem so broken. I don't even know what you're how what could be possibly coursing through your ma- your mind during. Yeah, this. she's crying because she can't use her children as marionettes. Yeah, I think probably that that more than anything that she feels v- deep pity for herself. That's what I probably would take from that. Um, and then like you just said, at first you hear this video and you. You're you're like, oh, maybe Ruby has hit some form of mental clarity that she acknowledges like her children are being harmed from family vlogging. That's a really profound thing to, to discover about yourself. It's hard. But no, that's not what she meant. She doesn't mean from the constant invasion of privacy or the constant consistent humiliation for views. Not not that. Not the fact she gave predators intimate access to her children. No. It was because let me start there. Because, of course, her stopping vlogging hasn't caused her to pull all of those already recorded videos down, and which would, just, which would stop her uh, flow of money. So she hasn't pulled the videos down that would, you know, show that she had some form of revelation that this is bad. No, no, no. That's not what she's saying. Uh, she's saying it because her children were too selfish, quote, too selfish. 
And it's because they began, like she said, getting opinions from people who weren't her. Because they probably read the comments and some of the comments were like, what are you doing to your kids? And that was the first time they ever saw somebody on the outside be like, wait a minute, maybe me sleeping in a beanbag chair instead of having a bedroom is wrong. And I kind of actually uh, I know. So like on e-passengers, she got a lot of pushback in the comments whenever comments were enabled on her channel. And I know that she knew that there was criticisms, but it almost makes me wonder if that made her lean into Jody more as a family counselor, because Jody wasn't telling her those things were wrong. She was telling you the kids are the problem here. It's not mm. you. It's your husband and your fucking kids. You're correct. Like, I feel like maybe that's kind of how she ended up getting more into Jody's sphere because she was somebody who wasn't criticizing her for those other things. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Also, by the way, I think I mentioned this last time, but a lot of it's being reported a lot that 
YouTube pulled down her family channel. And I think we said this last week, too, but it was Ruby pulled the channel down just a few weeks before the arrest, which oh. is interesting. She knew something. She, I think she knew something was in the air, maybe. But uh, YouTube did pull down the Connections channel. So instead of recognizing that her family vlogging might have been catastrophically damaging to her children, instead focuses on her kids being, in her mind, entitled. Again, in what we know about Jody, entitled would include things like food, privacy, personal autonomy, anything that like just is a normal, a normal human right, basically. <laughs> Those, that's that's her kids being entitled if they want those things. So Ruby, in, I believe, was already primed for this mentality, but it seems like Jody was sort of a fuel on the fire for what was already kind of there. And because Ruby is an LDS member and Jody's education and practice revolves around the LDS church, it's really hard to separate the church from all that's happened and how involved that church is in all of their decision making. Because she used the teachings of the church to implement on the people. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of like a circle jerk because the the principles are so psychologically damaging on their own. And then Jody would take those, use them and then go back to the church and be like, see, I'm what I'm doing is fine because I'm using the things you said. And they're like, well, I guess since she's using the things we said, we have to just keep, uh, wow. a, you know, endorsing her. I'm shocked that they let her continue, even though all these women left their husbands, because in that church, that's like the biggest no, no. But they just kept it going. Unusually, in, in a very like weird way, the LDS church is less stringent about divorce than like, like the IBLP, yeah, or like the IBLP oh, and that okay. stuff. So it's weird, and also it because churches and religions are all just like people making random rules up. A lot of different branches of LDS are also completely separate in what they believe is the correct form of LDS. It's confusing on purpose because the rules are meant. The rules are changing on purpose, so you will always be punished. That punishment and that fear, that is, cruelty is the point. Yes. And also, I think a lot of the leaders of a lot of these kind of churches are idiots. Yeah. (laughs) And they're just making stuff up a lot of the time. Um, So when Joby or Rudy, as I like to call them, that's their couple's names. Joby? Either or. Oh, like Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt. What was their name? Brangelina. Right. Yep. Just like that. Uh, So when Jody or Joby, so when Joby or Rudy, which is their couple's names, you can use either one interchangeably. They Mm -hmm. both work, right? There was a big brush up on in the online sphere uh, because it seemed very unhinged. They did not seem the most hinged of women in that video. And a lot of people were really concerned about the kids. But still, despite people's attempts, there wasn't anyone who could actually do anything about Ruby taking this seriously. It was all still really just chronically online people like myself who are going, I don't know if this is very good. Because at the time, you didn't know how bad. I mean, you knew the kids had it bad, but you didn't know they were in the next room tied up. Right. And but what we will find out uh, after this arrest is that, in fact, CPS and the police had visited Ruby's house no less than 15 times in the last four years. And that is its own issue that we'll come back to. But What the hell did they do? Just walk around and be like, smells good to me. 
So we're going to have to kind of break down my thoughts and what other people think and in evidence about why this would have happened, that, that somebody would come 15 times and do absolutely nothing. I think it, maybe it's sort of like a number of things mixed together, but that is crazy. Money? Fit, I mean, I don't think it's out Probably of the realm of possibility. It's not out of the realm of possibility. We'll say that. Um, so, yeah, 15 times CPS Damn. was there. And nobody, no adult, did anything for these children. I know that some people don't have the same amount of, like, I blame very much their father for ignoring this. I'm also mad at Ruby's extended family, but I also understand they didn't have the same access. I just, nobody, no government, no law, no church, no people saved these kids. The 12-year-old boy had to save himself in this situation. Can you imagine being that 12-year-old boy and thinking like, oh, I haven't eaten. I'm so hungry. I'm tired of being beaten every day and being tied up. Here's somebody that's supposed to help. Please help. Please help. Please help. And then watch them leave the door again and again. Well, not only that. Terrifying. Not only that, and we'll come back to Jody's psychological terrorism, but she also convinced these kids that they were evil and that was why they were being held. That he, when he was first caught he was not caught when he first reached out for for help from the neighbor. He was t- he said that he was like this because it was his fault, and like the level of evil that that t- would take in a human being is almost um, unfathomable. Like <laughs> what? Oh my god! Um, All right. Yeah. So, um, so after this video, this last the crying video. Another thing of note I wanted to mention that prior to, to that video coming out, Jody and Ruby had used Ruby's children in the thumbnails in a lot of their instructional videos on how to parent effectively. Hauntingly, the most used child was one of the ones that was found on the brink of death. I do actually think it's good that their connections account is still up so people can understand the full weight of their insanity, but... And the children actually never appear in the actual videos. But I do wish that there was a way to remove those thumbnails um, because uh, it's so Is it just heinous. a dead-eyed child? Like No, it's worse. It's making these – it's like these adorable – her hugging the kid and whispering in her ear. And, and, and you know, it's a photo of Ruby going, <laughs> Oh. And then it cuts to her just on a couch with a switch. I mean, and it's just them talking the whole time. Kinda. All right. Um. So there are now after that video comes out, those kid thumbnails stop too, and now there are just two. And again, at the surface, one might look at that as a positive improvement that maybe they went, "Oh, I don't really want to capitalize off this non-consenting party little girl. Let's not use her in the thumbnails anymore." But most. Unfortunately, it seems that this was a turn for the worst for these children. The The turn of events that unfold makes me fear for, to be honest, where my mind went was any children in any family vlogging account that suddenly stops showing up, that also now needs to be an alarm. Because yeah. I know that, okay, here's how I feel. I know that there are a lot of vlogging families out there who simply got carried away, who didn't realize what they were getting themselves into, realize the error and stop flogging for good reason. But now you have to look at it in this light too, where somebody who had zero uh, 
zero concerns about exploiting their kids to this level and then they suddenly disappear it's hard to believe that they would suddenly come to just a normal clarity so then you have to be concerned about what happens to these objectified kids once the cameras are gone? Like, is the, the kid have a black eye somewhere? And like, yeah. you're not pretty enough for camera because daddy hit you today. Yeah. I mean, how do those same kids suffer for their parents' emptiness if they're not being vlogged anymore? And I'm not saying we should have them vlogged, but, yeah, but that's all a whole another level. Gone. Yeah, it's another level of concern now. Right. Like, in this case, we find out it's about the worst case of a scenario imaginable. Uh Further, once this dam finally breaks and these women get arrested, we learn a lot more about Jody and the reality of the depths of this woman is a lot to process. Uh, I mentioned that Jody Hildebrandt is intrinsically tied to the LDS church. And since this arrest, a few of her victims have come forward and they describe what I, again, can only term psychological terrorism inflicted over not just their time with Jody, but persistently throughout their lives to the point till body, soul, finance, everything was taken away. She's capable of such great, and I hate to use the word evil because I think it suggests that it's like demons somehow doing it. No, it's just her. But it's not. It's her. It's her choices that did it. Not some. She's not filled with demonic presence. It's her. I really. I think it's important that we stop classifying people as like. You know, we use the term loosely, like fighting your demons, whatever. But the idea of he was. Oh, that that guy in the church was only molesting kids because the the devil got in. No, it's him. No, that he was made him. that choice. Yeah, he made it. He did, and Jody did. But it is still a pretty good word to describe Jody Hildebrandt is evil. Um, I have to talk a little bit about who Jody is and what she's done. Yeah, tell me about this bitch. <laughs> so Jody grew up in the LDS faith, and what we know about her childhood publicly mostly will be coming from her own mouth. And though some of it has been collaborated through her niece, Jessie, who we'll be discussing shortly, well, probably mostly next episode. Some of her tale we have to take with a grain of salt because it's coming from her own mouth. Oh, right, because she's a, a, a weird lady. She's a crazy lady. She just says things, yeah. and a lot of them are very obviously Wrong. lies. Um, so according to Jody and in her insufferable book entitled You Are Not Enough. Fuck you. Sorry, not you, Natalie, but... <laughs> <laughs> you are not enough. This sounds like a sketch parody. Yeah. And it sounds like a Will Arnett wrote a book that said you are not enough. Yes. And unfortunately, it's only one. It's one of two books written by conservative women in the last handful of years called You Are Not Enough. <laughs> so, I don't know why I think that's so funny. OK, it's, it's wild. It's so if you have a deep fascination with conservative women, like I I do, you may know of that there's a title of a book by Ali Beth Stuckey, also entitled You Are Not Enough. Uh, but it is not that book. It's this other book by Jody Hildebrand. Okay. In Jody's book, which is predominantly condescending, self-boistering, lack of awareness words do, she also talks about her childhood briefly towards the beginning. And I just have to read out how she starts her origin story chapter. I've been asked countless times... How did you learn this? How did you figure this out? I feel so understood when we talk. How did you learn how to connect? (laughs) 
She's just like seems like people people just come up to me and they say, You're so cool, Jody. You're the prettiest girl in the whole barn. I bet you could hit a baseball all the way to the moon. <laughs> then all the people gathered around me and they picked me up on my shoulders and they said, Please, Jody, please, won't you pee upon our heads so we can bathe in your essence? Oh, it was such a wonderful experience for me when all those people did that. It's kind of how her book reads. Yeah. You're not enough. I Except picture, she's enough. Is she like holding herself, like hugging herself and smiling? The book cover is her just like. Yeah. Like in that, I'm doing a huge scary grin. With the arms crossed and yeah. like the back, like a, what do you call it? Like a reporter. They always have that thing. Or journalists. They always have that thing with their arms crossed, like to the side looking at you. Yes. Very, very smug. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> um, so Jody grew up the sixth of seven children, and she describes her father as a hard-headed, sort of tough love kind of guy. He was a fighter plane pilot. Okay. And her mother as a detached and somewhat negligent parent, but she was already a part of the LDS church at this point. She doesn't use the words like detached and negligent necessarily, but you kind of have to read between the lines. She reports that one of her siblings died at four months old and that her mother never really processed it. Mm. According to Jody, she had begun to be left unsupervised by two years old, which... What? You know, and during... How so, did she change her own diaper? I, I have questions. Is but she a boss baby? <laughs> she is a boss baby. She she currently <laughs> is a boss baby. Um, she says that in her book that during that time she was sexually abused by her teenage neighbor. Oh. We have to, again, take her word here, but I, I, I question the being left alone at two years old because that is... We have a handful of friends whose children are currently two, and... I struggle to understand how a kid that age wouldn't, like, just die, like, yeah. fall off a cliff or how could you just – you can't just leave a two-year-old to their own devices. They wouldn't – how do they, they know? I feel like that would they would not survive that very well. <laughs> um, but that's what she says. And the way she describes her parents again is mostly in a way that we have to see through her distorted eyes. But according to her, her father would often say things like, No one else will really love you except your family. People cannot be trusted. And we are the only ones here for you. Oh, That doesn't ring as super healthy to say to your tiny child and my dumb little opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, he also said stuff like... Don't create waves. Trust only family. Be pleasing. Work hard and then work harder. Be fearful. Don't fail. Don't upset mother. Be helpful. Don't complain. Even if you're hurt, be tough. Excel in all you do. Protect and defend the family name no matter what. So first of all, that that phrase, don't make waves, Mm. is such a... It's just such a terrible thing because I've personally witnessed horrible things happen and then don't make waves. Yeah. So we can't just like incriminate this person doing something obviously illegal. Yeah. And that can come from any across the spectrum of belief systems uh, for parents to say that to their kids because of people's like fear of appearances. But specifically the ones like protect your family no matter what is a pretty standard conservative talking point. Right. A lot of these sound super abusive because it sounds like they're very cold and negligent with their child, but then your family's everything. So this is everything. Mm -hmm. This sort of cold, stark, sort of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I'm not here to love you. Right. That's everything. Yeah. Because it isn't. No. And also the, the 
phrase protect and defend family no matter what is this most specifically scary to me because this is a traditional tenant that has allowed hundreds of thousands of adult figures to her kids. And then those kids grow up and repeat the cycle. Hurt more kids. Sometimes protecting your family is saying, oh my gosh, you're doing something illegal. Hello, officer. Yes. Send them away. Exactly. Sometimes protecting or loving a family member who's hurting people is to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like not pretend it's not happening. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Did you know that more than 113,000 children are waiting to be adopted from foster care? Ellie was one of them. When she was placed in foster care at 16 after experiencing significant abuse, she felt unlovable. Thankfully, Ellie was adopted with help from the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. Today, she's planning on college and has a bright future. But more than 20,000 teens age out of care every year. You can help. Visit DaveThomasFoundation.org slash learn more. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. So then Jody continues on in the book that she was sexually abused again by a boy who lived in their house from a, a placement program and one that I... I believe there's a high likelihood that that placement program had something to do with the church. But it was basically a 16 year old boy came to live at their house. And she says that he sexually abused her when she was seven. So (sighs) it's interesting that she discusses these events with some level of clarity uh, that she understands now that because she was to present a picture of perfectionism to her parents, that she internalized all that abuse and tried to repress the disgust and horror and shame and all that was bad and that her parents shouldn't have done that. Like she acknowledges those things in the book in a way that seems like self-aware a little bit. Like she is a victim, but her parents taught her that 
you know, victim mentality is bad. Don't be a victim. And she understands it in that way. Like when, when she's speaking about her childhood, that is that's not a bad way to think being like, I understand now my parents didn't know how to process it. And so they made me I had to be perfect. And that wasn't good. But then she comes to such wild conclusions from there. And, you know, I don't know if this is some twisted version of schooling that did this. I don't know if she was born to think this way. And you know, many an armchair therapist has suge- suggested that she's perhaps somewhere on the BPD or antisocial spectrum, which I would like to note is not the same thing as being a criminal. No. And shout out to anyone with a difficult diagnosis that's getting treatment. And even if you have an untreated disorder, that does not immediately make you do bad things. So I would like to clarify that. But Jody's niece, who we will talk about, also alludes to that there are most likely some she she's aware that her her aunt has been diagnosed with certain things, um, but is not taking care of them. So I mean, it sounds like she was not in control as a child and just told to shut up about it and just sort of this cold fist in her stomach of just like twisting and gnawing and like, I and like shut up about it. Yeah. And then so when she became an adult, it was like, now I finally get control. I get control over my children. Totally. Except so many people, the question always is, is like so many people actually have that experience, but what she does with it is so egregious and so extreme. Yeah. And so, most people who go through that experience don't do this to people ultimately, you know. And so then that question comes in, how did she take this trauma and make it this other beast that she became? And we don't know. We don't really know. But we do know from context clues and from the people who've interacted with her that Jody despises men. She hates them with the heat of a thousand suns. I mean, if I were Jody too, I'd hate them too. <laughs> Why? If I was in her position, just getting molested all the time. I know, but like a lot of us were molested. And just told to shut up about it. I know, but like. And like in an LDS church where she's still like, if I was in her shoes. But the way that she manifests that hatred is to torture innocent men. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but I get her mindset. I get it. To an extent, I felt anger towards men as well. But then you have you have to then you go, oh, wait, but I have to That's put it into wrong. perspective. Most men aren't like this. I can't just take that out on random men. Especially I don't... my child. Well, she didn't. She These are not her children. These are Ruby's or sorry, children. Other kids. Yeah, sorry. Jody herself has two children, one of whom has zero contact with her. So wow. there's that. But because um, Jody's a little bit older. Jody is 54 and... She has an adult son and daughter. The daughter doesn't speak with her. Damn. Ruby has seven children and she's 41. I'm sorry. She has six children and she's 41. A lot. Sorry. And one, at least one of them doesn't speak to her and two of them she almost murdered. So. Whoa. Yeah. I noticed with like a lot of these sort of very high control religions, um, the women, they're not this abusive. Obviously, this is like a specialty case, mm-hmm. but they can be very abusive and controlling and to cold, kids yeah. and cold because it's I was never allowed to have control mm-hmm. the only thing I can do is have kids I'm basically a breeding mule so I get control over the home yes. and I'm going to rule it with an iron fist definitely and that also is to go on to say beyond just despising men Jody shows an open and clear disdain for children of any gender holy shit she 
seemingly is only attached to other adult women. So you could say that the anger towards men stems stems from all the assaults. With the kids, it's a little bit more complicated probably, but still we have no... It sounds like her childhood sucked. And she just doesn't want to, like, to look at a child. She remembers her own childhood. Possibly. And she hates it. She's like, get him away. It's quite possible. But that is, that's not that far off from somebody who's sexually abused who then grows up to sexually abuse. Like, I don't feel sorry for you because your childhood was bad. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you, you're an adult now. Yeah. You can fix it. As a kid, you were a victim. And I'm sorry your parents treated you that way. Yeah. I'm sorry they ruled with an iron fist, and I'm sorry your mother was very negligent and your father was cold and cruel. Yeah, but uh, that's never going to be an excuse for the things that she's done. Yeah, but that's the past, and this mm-hmm. is now. Yeah, so Jody in her book goes on to discuss lingering physical issues connected with her trauma stress and how doctors, when she was a young adult woman, told her her chronic migraines would mean she was not a good candidate for going on a mission. I'd never felt anger well up inside me as it did in that moment. I thought, how dare they threaten me like this? Tell me that there's something wrong with me and that to not allow me to leave on this mission experience, which I dreamed of for years. What's going on? So, oh, she's so mad. And it's like, again, she wanted to go on this mission, but something, again, out of her control. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff that's out of her control that's stopping her from her dreams. Mm-hmm. So she has to main, like, maintain total control yes. to have anything good happen. And also, you know, I feel bad for all of the teens who grew up in this community who, like, their main source of looking forward to something is going on a mission. It's, that was the only uh, time you're allowed to leave. Yeah. She's like, please get me out. She would love to be in a Corvette in Hollywood with a top down. I mean, that's not what missionaries get to do, but it would have been freedom probably compared to her stupid home. Yeah. But that just sucks first off, but also that way of her talking, that sort of hyper- hyperbole, how dare they threaten me like this, <laughs> when ultimately probably... That person just said, the doctor for the church just said, you probably need to figure out how to deal with your migraines before you can do this because it's not safe. But in her mind, she heard, you fucking little bitch, you and your fucking head, I never, you're never getting out. And that's how she reacts. It's like she hears people speaking to her like that. And so how dare they threaten me like this when it was just a doctor's diagnosis. So... Also, migraines suck. Yeah. It also makes me wonder if, like, her migraines are stemmed from, like, some head issue. You know, I'm always just curious. I'm just throwing yeah. stuff at a, a spaghetti wall. I'm not saying that's what happened to her. But, you know, you see with a lot of people who've done really horrific serial crimes, they've had head injuries, stuff like that. I'm just like, what's going on in there when you're all noggin? Maybe the reason why she wants – she's so obsessed with pain and who needs to feel pain is because she's in pain. It's possible. The whole time. Yeah, it's possible. So – Again, you guys probably all know what a mission is, but it's basically the process that young adults go through in the LDS church where they leave their families for two years and prophetize to, like, unwilling people. Yeah, God, she wanted to go so bad. Yeah, and it's mostly, well, it's almost all young men do it. Some of the women do it, but I believe women's missions are slightly shorter. I think women's missions are, like, a year and a half. Um, And she clearly wanted to be one of the women who... She was jazzed to hit them streets. Yeah. I mean, that's the only freedom you get. Yeah. Which is still every person I've I've listened to talk about their mission experience. It's just like, 
I am so sorry that this was the only option you had to get out of your house because it is still miserable. Yeah, you're still on lock and key 24 yeah, you hours. Can't, you can't like go out to like a baseball game a or something. A bar, no. God forbid. You have accountability partners who you like. I, I just remember, I forget who just said it, but uh, that on missions, because, and we'll get into their feeling on masturbation, which is you can't do it, that. If you were together um, on your mission, you would have to be watched, not watched in the shower, but the other person would have to stand outside the shower and clap during the whole showers to make sure that you weren't touching your weenie. Ah, it's like a, ah, like a, like a 1984. Yeah. That's what this shit is, like being watched all the time. And also just the, the I, I think that there's a good chance that the, so many, the reason so many people come out batshit in this religion is them they say basically if you have lustful thoughts you're there's something wrong with you and you're evil and so human beings for the most part have sexual thoughts natural not even like you know you know weird uh, fucked up ones just normal thinking about boobies thoughts and that is not allowed no because humans are born from evil natalie yes and that's why we are evil only saved by the grace of god and he doesn't want you thinking about big fat juicy asses that's for sure but that's how you make more people i know yeah but you shouldn't enjoy it you better just lay there and apologize just lay there and then go build this church in the some dusty road yeah that's your freedom that's what you get so and you know, listen, I know I'm very highly critical of religious dogma. Good. But I know not everyone would take this next part of what I'm going to say as a red flag. But Jody goes on in her book to describe that in her early adulthood, she was trying to deal and heal her own stuff like we all do. And she cried out to God for help, which is not an unusual thing to do. But then she goes to speak to the that God spoke to her. And then to help herself. And then God then started to give her instruction on how to help others. And many times in this book and beyond, Jody describes receiving instruction from the Almighty. And I struggle with how that can work safely in the field of mental health. Oh, God told me. Yeah. 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 I I know it's not I'm not it's not to say that you can't be religious and be a mental health professional. But there, th- that seems to me like a conflict of interest. Yeah. I mean, you could call it an epiphany. I've had epiphanies sometimes. I wouldn't say like, oh, God spoke to me. And I think the issue there is like if you had an epiphany, you'd probably still be able to have the wherewithal to then you'd get new information and you could go back to that epiphany and decide whether or not that was the correct thought or like it's that. like a scientific process of yes. your own brain. Yes. If you get, if you're getting what you think is instruction from God, or you want people to believe that it's instruction from, from God, I don't really know which one it is for her. That is a non. You can't question it. There's no whatever the words are. That's it, because God yeah. said it. Because God told Noah to build that ark, and mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody else is like, "Whoa, this dude's crazy." But then, as soon as the floodwaters came, they were all like, "Let me in." Yeah, and then so you say that, and then the next thing you say is like. If you touch your penis, you have to go slam your hand into a, a, the silverware drawer because God told me just because, you know, people thought Noah was crazy. But you got to go do this because 
People right. are going to say you're wrong and crazy for doing that, but I'm telling you, that's what God told me to do. That's what God told me. You know how Noah got all the animals on the ship? They were babies. Oh. They were babies, Natalie. Okay. Um, have you? <laughs> I highly recommend visiting the Creation Museum. I've made videos of my trip there, but um, it's very interesting. It's interesting. You'll see, I mean, I will say there's a couple rock and roll things of like a human riding a T-Rex. Rock and roll. I mean, pretty metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I look at it, I laugh and they're just like, this is the holy scripture. Right. Like, this is, you guys are crazy. Yeah. Um, and there are school, entire homeschooling systems that teach that legally. <laughs> so that's fine. I'm sure that's fine. Um, so yeah, so Jody gets into this place in her head where she is either believing it or she wants people to believe that she's getting instructions from God on how to treat trauma. And this does also lead me to then the extended of, I question then, is the psychology mental health department in, at uh, Brigham Young University, can it effectively teach while also applying heavily biblical and LDS doctrines into their teaching? No. It seems to be, again... A conflict of interest to me, because that's where Jody, of course, received her undergrad as, as a, a Mormon. Another school of contention for the same reasons is the University of Utah, which also has close ties to the LDS Church, which is where Jody got her master's. This is like getting a degree in, in woo-wah. Yeah. Woo-woo-woo-woo. Yeah. That's what I got my degree in, Natalie. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I mean, I question it. There, there's also been people who have said that, like, some of the departments at BYU and the University of Utah are really secular and, like, very good. And I, I think that can be true in a, within a college because the yeah. departments are all different. You I'm know? sure they're smart people. And there are departments that don't internally conflict with religious beliefs, I think, that could totally teach things correctly. Sure, like but, math. Yeah, like lots of different things. But if it's something dealing with the brain... Yeah, and God told me to. Yeah. We need to take a step back. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to become an atheist, but you have to at least be able to separate faith and, and, and science in these moments, I, I think. What is the class like in this? Like sometimes God tells you to do something and you just got to listen. That's what I, my, my question Next is Next chapter. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I question about it. And I don't know if there's like far off chance that any of you listening know anything about or like firsthand experienced that department at BYU and you have any insight, I'd love to hear it. Because you know who else, and also from University of Utah, because you know who else got their degrees from University of Utah? Hmm. Barbara Snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They give it, they make you have, the, they train you in the crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Maybe. They That's give a you class. Like a little class there. <laughs> Glassy eyes. That's right. A um, big old witch smile. Yeah. That never reaches the eyes fully. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, so yeah, Barbara Snow, there the therapist notoriously who treated Teal Swan, you you know, uh who oh. then remembered that she had been sewn into a corpse. Oh um, yeah, a, the a, a, a horse corpse, right? No, it was a man's corpse. Oh, a man's corpse. Just <laughs> <laughs> Was it just like a floppy corpse that she was just, well, like we put never, into? We never she never de- Gave us details. No so questions. We all, we all have to, we have to just use our imagination. Jeez, I would go to see a rated R movie. I tell you what, <laughs> one for American Psycho, please. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah. So if you don't remember this story, go back and listen to our Teal Swan episodes. Old Bab Snow also had a huge hand in helping usher in the Satanic Panic in the 1980s. Right. 
which again, she got her, de- her degrees from University of Utah. By the way, friendly reminder, you can still go see Barbara Snow today. I kind of want to go see her. I know. It's like, I really, she's practicing in Utah. It's probably one of the only states where she'd ever be allowed to practice. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I would love for someone to go undercover. How much money? Treatment. Like 80 bucks a sesh? Who knows? I mean, I went to like a science, like a spiritual guy and it was 80 bucks. I imagine, I think usually therapists are about $100 an hour or whatever. I would do it. I would love if you went in, Amber, but I worry. I'm, I not because you're not strong and correct and smart, but these people are all, they get in your mind. She might take they me. needle in. <laughs> Spiritual, um, uh, what do you call it? Emotional terrorism? Intellectual terrorism. So, so I, I was saying psychological terrorism, but like really any of those would work. Any of those. Um, I mean, I got a brother who lives in Utah now. Can you, it's so wild that you can still see Barbara Snow as a therapist I think I might go see Barbara Snow. It's so crazy. You're like, tell me what's up. What if I, what if I get the goose? What if I tell her? You get her to to flip? I get her to flip. That would be pretty fun. (laughs) I would like it. I would eat her out. (laughs) If it meant she would stop this, I would lick her pussy. I would make her come. Do you think that's all she needs is to come? Yes. Okay. That's like 90% of all these problems. All right. Let's give it a shot. Um, now, I can't tell you whether Jody has always been this way or if she has escalated over the years. But what I can tell you is that she has been torturing children for at least 14 years. And if I had to wager, probably a lot longer than that. She has been destroying families, careers and mental health much more for just as long. I don't think you're entirely ready to hear what some of her victims have to say. But next week, we will be doing an abridged version of Jesse Hildebrandt and Adam Steed's stories. Just two of the many, many people whose lives she has systematically destroyed. I'm not being hyperbolic here. She ripped these people to shreds using lies and manipulation. I, I'm i still kind of traumatized just listening to Adam Steed's story. Um, like what? Can we have a snippet before like ending the show? So Adam Steed is uh, known for being one of the whistleblowers on the huge Boy Scouts of America's molestation scandal. The Netflix special either is about to come out or already did. I haven't watched it yet, but he was instrumental in breaking the cycle of molestation, by the way, largely from LDS people in the Boy Scouts. So the huge molestation scandal within the Boy Scouts. A lot of it revolved around the LDS church. Adam Steed grew up in the LDS church. He was, he has horrible, horrible stories that are very, they're corroborated with evidence, with witnesses. Like he's not making Teal Swan stories up. This is all stuff that is very in the reality, in, in shared reality. And as an adult, he was still an LDS member. And because he was struggling with all of the child abuse he went through, his church, his ward, recommended he visit Jody with his wife for for marriage counseling. And from there, which is a thing that she's done, been reported by multiple married couples, she essentially isolated Adam to the point where he lost his children. He lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. The entire he lost his uh, he got kicked out of school. She instead of treating him as a victim, convinced everyone that he was a child rapist, like ruined his life. Oh, my God. He doesn't deserve this. I highly recommend you listen to his full interview. But just to be clear, 
it is almost six hours long. So not everybody has that time. We're going to tell the story here. Um, I wish I could hug him or something. It, you, you like your heart rips in half when you hear him talk. And uh, I believe every word of what he's saying. So Jody boasts about being a family and marriage counselor, even though she was only married for a little over a year total in her life. And one of her two children hasn't spoken to her in decades. While there are countless reasons and ways in which her brand of counseling is dangerous and unhelpful, her inclusion of LDS principles is high up on the list. In the LDS faith, many of the greatest sins one can engage in is thoughts. Thoughts about many things, but especially about sex. Not just gay stuff, but any thoughts, any action. They classify sex addiction, which is actually not recognized by the mental health field as a real addiction. You can have things that are compulsive sex things, but sex addiction is not like the same thing as like heroin addiction. Right. So they classify, but they have sex addiction in the LDS community. So therapists who are licensed use that term, even though that's not accepted by the wider. And I'm sure it's like if you've masturbated once, you're a sex addict. Any lustful thoughts in any masturbation period is considered uh, sin and, and you're fucked up and you're wrong. Oh, If you look at a playboy and masturbate once a month, you are equivalent to fucking a dog or a baby or raping your sister. They are all the same sex sins in the eyes of the LDS church. This could be, again, why there are so many fucking crazy people inside of this faith. I was about to say, I can't imagine having a conversation with one of these people. Yeah. Um, And you're going to get so mad when we talk about Adam's story uh, because he confessed to Jody that he was masturbating once a month. And it spiraled into you are a child predator because he was molested as a kid. And. So I should say, too, and we're, we'll talk about the arrest more, but so Jody and Ruby have made accusations against the two little kids they were imprisoning, saying that they are molesting other kids. Don't believe that for one fucking second. I saw that. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, we're victims, that. too. That is complete lie. I, I believe that with every ounce of my being. I know I can't say that without evidence, but she has said this about almost every person who's come forward. That they are molesting everybody, that they're whores, that they're rapists. Every person she's seen who's not an adult woman, pretty much. So this is the – this sexual sin idea is what – Jody loves that principle above all others. She implements the sexual sin guilt with an iron fist. And the church not only knows and supports it, she's their go-to guy. Whether or not Jody believes that all sex thought is a crime or whether she uses the church church's belief system as an excuse to torture men and children is not entirely clear. I don't know if she believes it or not, but she definitely tells people she believes it. What we do know is that she does it. If you come to her, I mean, not even ugh, we'll get into Jesse's story, too, just just tells people that these people, these these People who come to her or who are forced to see her do things like with Jesse. Jesse had never masturbated, had never done anything with a boy, had never done all of these different things. And she told people that they had an abortion, that they were chronic masturbators, that they were sex perverts. And this was when Jesse was like, 
I think, 16 or something like that. And meanwhile, she's a licensed therapist. Yes. From the Woo Woo University. And again, because she has the LDS connection, she not only says these things, she tells them as fact to the church and ruins people's lives. And it's accepted as fact. And she mm-hmm. is accepted as a doctor. Wait till I tell you about what Jesse said. Again, another interview you should totally watch. Um, both of the Adam Steed and Jesse's full interviews are on Mormon Stories podcast, which I've referenced before here. Because he interviewed a lot of people around, like he interviewed Teal Swan's victims. He interviewed some of Teal Swan's childhood friends. Great channel, mostly just fully interview based. But um, Jesse's interview is almost four hours. So essentially, if you want to watch Adam Steeds and Jesse Hildebrandt's interviews, it's um, over eight hours long. But I have several times now for this. um, If you want to get an abridged version. But uh, Jesse says that there were... She was they. I'm sorry. They use they them pronouns. Jesse says that they were held captive also by Jody uh, when they were kids. Uh, Jesse's about 30 now, I think. And for months at a time and was brought to church with duct tape over their mouth. And the church didn't do anything about Nobody it because in- they, they don't want to make waves. That's what they're taught. Again, with the don't make waves. I'll make all the waves. I'm making tsunamis, baby. Can you imagine walking into a church and seeing a teenage kid with duct tape over their mouth and everybody just acting like it's okay? No. So next week, we're going to talk about the interview that Jody Hildebrandt's niece or nibbling gave to Mormon Stories podcast along with Adam Steeds. Again, also given by Mormon Stories. If you can't watch eight hours, I get it. They'll probably clip them down if you want to wait for that or if you want to hear the dulcet tones of Amber and I. I'll break (laughs) them down for you a little bit. Um, Another good source for someone who is more closely related to the LDS Church with a degree in social work is the Jordan and McKay channel. If you want to look through – they've covered this pretty extensively as well if you want to hear their perspective. Um. And I'm just going to the next week, next Thursday is going to be stories of Jody's victims and how the LDS church is 100 percent complicit in this and how Ruby's family platform caused the final downfall. And I should go on to say a 12 year old little boy is really the catalyst for all this. And we have to be really thankful that he survived and figured out a way to help himself. And the thing with him when he grows up, I mean, he's going to need some kind of counseling. But will he trust therapists moving forward? I wouldn't. I, if I, I was him. I truly hope that where those kids end up is in a nurturing, safe, sane home somewhere where they're not looked at. I, that's all I can They're not for. told that they're evil? I, to be honest, this is my own shit, but I really hope they don't get put in with their LDS family. I don't want them to have to go to strangers. I know there's no easy answer, but even the other family vlogging families who were, were quote-unquote, trying to, to get Ruby in trouble, mm-hmm. they're really barely doing anything better. They're still... F- Vlogging all of their kids' lives privately, like clickbaiting their kids' injuries and stuff like that. Like, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. But whatever. We'll talk about them, too. Um, But, yeah, hopefully this will get the dominoes going to ban family channels. And um, here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. And also, if you're listening and, like, maybe you're in a stable home and you've got a little bit of, like, cash, I guess, and you want to adopt someone. Because a lot of people don't want to adopt teenagers or, like, young adults because they're not the precious babies. But these, like, situations like this, he's going to need a home. He and his sister, they're going to need to go somewhere. Yeah, there's a... There's there's such a huge discussion around fostering and adoption, but yeah, I, I think that's not a controversial statement to say there's a lot of teenagers who don't have 
families who love them. Yeah, and so, they just go in and yeah. out of shelters. And of course, they're going to show up like violent, like I would. Not always. Some of those kids are not violent at all. Not and they, vi- and or they do, get treated like criminals. They get treated like criminals and they think like, oh, fuck the world. You don't like me. I'm not going to care about you. And they just act like generally normal teenagers, to be honest, a lot oh, of the no, time. OK, you okay. know, like because you are put myself in there. No, shoes. I know. Like, but both of us were angsty. Like, yeah. I was angsty. I acted like that. And like, I can't imagine how that would be just being foster care, trying to process everything. But uh, so chew on that. Chew on that. <laughs> uh, Natalie Jean, Saucy Pert and Greasy. Amber Smelson. And again, not all kids that come out of that are going to be evil, like violent. Just, most of them are. Most are not. You know, just. Um, yeah. Know. No, it's hard. It's a tough. It's a tough situation. Um, yep. That's it. All right. Thank you. We fixed it. We fixed it. Congratulations on fixing everything today, Amber, with me. (laughs) You too, Natalie. Thank you so much. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.